Good evening, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB, the nation's most listened to news talk station. I have news, news you can use starting January 3rd. This is going to be the second hour of the show. Uh, We will be starting at 4 p.m. come January 3rd when we get back from the holiday. So you can put that in your calendar accordingly. And as always, if because you're on the roads and whatnot, you miss part of the program, you can text the word SHOW to 444-999 and get the podcast, get the daily email as well. Uh, text SHOW to 444-999. But January 3rd, starting 4 p.m. here on WSB. Uh, and Mark Aram will start at 6. Uh, so there we go. Now, let's get into the headlines. Big headline of the day. It started as a journalistic rumor overnight last night. Uh, if you actually did uh, subscribe to The Resurgent and get the daily email, you would have seen this as the big headline story this morning. Uh, reporters are buzzing ferociously that new Newt Gingrich may become the White House Chief of Staff. Scott Slade and I talked about it this morning at 8.15 as well. Uh, Lots of buzz about this. Whether or not it actually happens, who knows? Newt Gingrich was seen in the White House yesterday with Callista Gingrich. They said they were there to look at Christmas decorations, but several individuals from inside the White House were telling reporters that he and the president did discuss the possibility of him becoming Chief of Staff. Newt Gingrich is on the short list. The short list contains 10 people, most notably Mark Meadows, the congressman from North Carolina, and Newt Gingrich. Uh, David Bossy as well from Citizens United. I still think Corey Lewandowski is a good pick. Matt Whitaker, the attorney general, uh, acting attorney general, is also on there. But Newt Gingrich appears to be the front runner of the president's mind right now. I know Newt somewhat. Um, we haven't interacted much in life. We've traded a few emails over time. I just don't know that that Gingrich and the president together in the White House uh, would be super functional. And the reason I say that is Newt Gingrich and the president are independent of each other ideas machines. I mean, they the, each of them together come up with all sorts of ideas. And I, I the, the purpose of the chief of staff is to keep the president in focus. Well, if, if Gingrich is an ideas machine and the president is an ideas machine – how do ideas machines keep themselves focused? I, I don't know that that is the, uh, a wise option, but we'll see. I mean, Gingrich certainly understands the impeachment process. He certainly understands dealing with Congress, and he certainly has the respect of Republican members of Congress. And frankly, Gingrich has the respect of some Democrats in Congress as well. He knows how to get things through Congress. So... Maybe maybe a smart pick. In any event, uh, that is the big buzz today. Also, the president is pushing back on the Michael Cohen situation, but there's a new wrench. The Wall Street Journal reporting this evening, uh, the United States Attorney for the Southern District of Manhattan has opened an investigation into President Trump's inaugural campaign or inaugural fund and whether they had a record-breaking amount of money that had been raised and did any of that money Uh, go to the inaugural committee essentially as bribes to gain access to members of the administration and steer certain policies. Now, here's the thing. Let's just all acknowledge that this happens, that people give money to things like this, hoping then to be able to get access and curry favor. It's it happens. What does not happen, though, is that uh, the open suggestion that I'm giving you X in exchange for Y, it is always implicit. It is always presumed. It is never said. Everyone is smart enough not to say it. And so I don't know that there's a there there, except 
If you read the Wall Street Journal story today, there appears to be a little curious twist that the U.S. attorney may have gotten the information to conduct the investigation from Michael Cohen, the president's attorney. As someone on Twitter said, it turns out that MAGA really stands for my attorney got arrested. And that's not necessarily a good thing. The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Um, we need to get into this wall issue. It is beginning to heat up. The president actually took to the south lawn of the White House earlier today. He did a what I would call a viral video, released it on the series of tubes known as the Internet. It's actually a, a tweet that he put up. Um, and in that tweet, he said that he essentially was calling out the Democrats for having backed the wall in the past. And now they weren't backing the wall. And he wanted to hold them accountable for the wall and demand that they actually uh, vote for the wall. I don't think it's going to happen for the reasons I played the audio yesterday of Senator Kennedy of Louisiana saying Nancy Pelosi has clearly cut some sort of deal to be speaker. It wasn't just that she would serve no more than four years. There was something else there, and it probably has a lot to do with uh, funding on the border and immigration. That has become a hot-button issue, that in the environment. Uh, neither side of this point, just look at the dynamics of the border funding. Neither side at this point has any incentive to give in. Why? Because the Democrats don't control anything yet. So they don't have to help the Republicans get votes. The Republicans are losing power and the Democrats know it. And the president needs to fire up his base and keep his base fired up. Because the president needs to keep his base fired up, the president has no incentive to compromise with the Democrats. Because the Democrats aren't in charge, they have no need to compromise with the president. Because the Republicans are losing power, they can't corral the votes of the conservatives to get anything through. So at this point, it looks like we're headed to a government shutdown. And we may have a shutdown that goes until January 3rd when Congress reconvenes. Or whenever, whenever the, I think it is January 3rd. Um there's just no incentive right now on any side to cut a serious deal in my mind and Senator Kennedy's mind in a number of other senators and representatives' minds. And I personally think that the president, and I, I wrote this on the resurgent this morning, the president of the United States should let a government shutdown happen and go to Mar-a-Lago, hop a plane, go to Mar-a-Lago, and stay there. Stay there until the Democrats fund the wall. There's no reason. I mean, the government, by the way, is mostly funded. Uh, the State Department is funded. Uh, foreign agencies are funded. The Defense Department is funded. Uh, so you got the major needs of government already funded. So those parts of government aren't going to shut down. It'd be just partial shutdown. Shut it down. And let the president signal he's not going to negotiate on the issue of the wall. They're either going to fund it or they're going to keep the government shut down by hopping a plane and flying to Mar-a-Lago. Get out of town. The president can totally do that. He's within his rights to do that. So cause the government shutdown and shut it down and leave town. You know the deep, 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 deep irony of a government shutdown? Remember when Barack Obama was president they shut it down? What did he do? He put fences up all over Washington, D.C., to keep tourists out of the monuments. So we're going to have a shutdown 
where fences will be put up in Washington, D.C. to keep tourists out, and the shutdown will be about putting up a fence to keep illegal immigrants out of this country. So the Democrats are perfectly fine putting up fences to keep American citizens out of seeing World War II monuments in Washington, D.C., but they're opposed to putting up fences to keep illegal aliens out of the country. There's a deep irony there. The president ought to put a fence up around Congress and (laughs) tell them, y'all, y'all got to stay inside your fence, too, until you pay for the wall. Now, of course, he won't do that. Oh, my goodness. I suggested that earlier today in my piece at the resurgent. You should see, (gasps) Eric's insane. He should lock Congress in. Well, you know, I think he ought to just go to Mar-a-Lago, hop a plane, fly to Mar-a-Lago, leave the fences, uh, show the American public you can shut down government without keeping them out of their monuments. People can still tour the monuments in the government shutdown if the president allows them to. So let them come in. Don't put up fences anywhere and make the case that uh, the Democrats would prefer to fence in the monuments than fence in the border and go to Mar-a-Lago, sit there and wait for Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to call and beg you to come back and reopen the government and then sit there and wait until they've said, we will give you that $5 billion you want for the wall. Play hardball with these people because for the next two years, they're going to be playing hardball with you, Mr. President. I am more and more concerned about cybersecurity and just the pilfering that companies can do. Did you read that New York Times story the other day? I think it came out yesterday about the tracking that companies are doing off your cell phones and stuff. It is ridiculous. You are being tracked online by social media sites, marketing companies, your mobile provider, your internet provider. Not only can they record your browsing history, they can often sell it to other companies who want to profit from your information. Read the New York Times. That's why you need to take back your privacy by using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. ExpressVPN secures and makes your internet browsing anonymous by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. That anonymity ensures your privacy, and protecting yourself with ExpressVPN costs less than $7 a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar, and it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you want to be avoid tracking online, you need ExpressVPN. So protect your privacy today. Find out how. You can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Go to expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It's 26 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And right now, I am going to go to the phones. Uh, Bonnie from Union City, you're up first. Welcome. Hi, how are you this afternoon? Good, how are you? Good. I just want to ask a question, and I will hang up to, to just to hear the answer. But I need to know, in reference to the wall, what is the status of Mr. Trump having the uh, the government of Mexico pay for the wall? Uh, well, if you ask him, Bonnie, he says that the changes the in uh, the NAFTA treaty will essentially cause Mexico to pay for the wall. That's Mexico's not paying for the wall. Uh, Mexico's not paying for the wall. Congress is going to appropriate money 
And that money is going to come from U.S. taxpayers. Mexico was never going to pay for the wall. I know there are people who want to twist logic to say Mexico is paying for the wall. And the fact that president today is twisting logic to say essentially that we're getting changes in this new North American free trade agreement. That's now the United States, Canada, Mexico treaty, alliance, trade, whatever. Um, there's, there isn't even an economist in the white house who thinks that's true. Several of them were asked today and said they had no idea what the president meant. The president seems to think that we're going to see some increase in the trade balance and that money is going to be used to pay, but that's actually, you know, there, there's actually not a, a trade balance checking account where you can draw money out of it. The, The trade balance is how much of our stuff goes to Mexico versus how much of their stuff comes here. And so, no, Mexico's not going to pay for the wall and never was going to pay for the wall and certainly wouldn't enter a deal to pay for the wall. Uh, But the president is committed to the fact that Mexico's paying for the wall. Um, I hope everyone understands that he's not actually serious here. Uh, Even if he thinks he is, he's not. I got an email from a listener. I I actually think I should answer this on air. Um, Why do I not play Christmas music on air? Because, you know, when I first started, I would play. And we have a ton of Christmas music that I could play when we're coming back from commercial break. And I'll tell you why I don't. I hate, hate, hate to talk over songs that have lyrics in them. Uh, it, it is a pet peeve of mine. Uh, you will notice that all of our bumper music, in fact, it is is Dear Shaney B. I, I probably need to get some even more current stuff. Shaney B. Yeah. Uh, well, you, but still, I mean, it, but the instrumentals are typically garbage, too. I mean, it, do you really want to listen to the, the steamroller people? I, I, I listen to them during Rush. I don't need to listen to them all day. And I feel like I'm doing a charitable service to the people around here as well who have to listen to Christmas music all the time. Like the retailers, my wife hates Christmas music so much because she worked in retail for so long. She doesn't want to listen to it at all, ever. Uh, never, ever, ever. And my God, the current Christmas music out there, do you really want to be subjected to someone accidentally firing up that Christmas shoes garbage song? Makes me want to poop in those shoes. It is such a horrible, horrible song. I mean, they, is there any decent, like, current Christmas song out there? It seems like the last decent Christmas song was was recorded, like, 50 years ago. And then you got the people, what's the what's the, what's the the one you're not allowed to play anymore because it, it's baby, you're, it's cold outside? Yes. I mean, what the heck, people? Come on. The song is a classic song. You don't have to take the date rate drug if you listen to that song. It's not like you've got to with this song. It, it, you, these classic songs. I listened to some article, and, and this is completely like way out of where I was going, but somebody sent me the email and I felt like I needed to respond. I was listening to or watching some documentary last night on the most popular Christmas song. And it was some song I've never heard of. And then I realized it was a BBC production and it's some something about New York at, at Christmas time. And it's some drunk Irishman singing the song with some woman. And it, it's apparently some popular Christmas song in Great Britain, which explains why I've never heard of it. The, the secular godless people of Britain have some song about drunks in New York at Christmas time, which is probably fitting for 
that I have no idea what the song is, but I mean, I want the classic stuff and I want the actual Christian Christmas music too. I mean, you can't cut Jesus out of Christmas. I mean, his name is in the, in the thing. Even if you do the Xmas, it still means Christ. I just, I have no idea why people want to be subjected to current garbage Christmas songs. And I'm sure there's, in fact, I'm going to play in my Christmas uh, program this year. Um, North Point uh, has a new EP out. You can get it on the Apple Store. And a buddy of mine sent me a song, and it's a new one, and I really like it. And guess what? It's actually a Christian Christmas song. It's not one of these hipster, secular Christmas songs where they talk about snow and getting it on with snowmen and whatnot. That's garbage. Nobody wants to listen to that garbage, and that's all the the secular atheist, let's get on the Christmas music angle. I just, I hate secular Christmas music. It's just awful, unless it's Judy Garland singing. Now, I'm sorry on that tirade. I guess this is the perfect time to talk about the Hallmark movies. I was going to save that for later. So I was reading today that Hallmark expects to air 41 original Hallmark Christmas movies this season that their ratings have skyrocketed, their profitability has gone up phenomenally, and the reason is because people have checked out of politics. And this goes full circle, by the way, to Delta yesterday and the segment doing a promo, apparently at least on their social media, but it looks like on their airlines as well, for the Ruth Bader Ginsburg docu- documentary about the the notorious RBG and how she was talking about her brother and needing to get their boots off their necks or what crap that was. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be polite here. I apologize. If I'm, but come on, Delta. I mean, this is the Hallmark movie thing should show you that you shouldn't be politicizing every single thing out there and, and having to run culture war promos for Ruth Bader Ginsburg on flights when you're trying to escape for the holidays. Hallmark is seeing a, a huge profitability in viewership with 41 brand new movies. In fact, there, so somebody sent out this tweet earlier today. Um, that they had a bot. Um, oh, let's see. Um, oh my goodness gracious. A, 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 a certain state representative is asking me uh, what I think about Mary. Did you know? I think she knew. I, I, I think the angel Gabriel showed up and told her, by the way, small point on this. One of my wife's and my very best friends, it was her uncle who wrote the song. Um, nonetheless, uh, I, I do like Reba McIntyre's version of Mary Did You Know, but otherwise I think that song has kind of played out. Where is this? This is worth watching or wor- worth talking about. So somebody uh, had a computer algorithm watch all of the Hallmark Christmas shows and then ran through the computer algorithm and had it come up with the script for what the a Christmas program on the Hallmark Channel should look like if this computer had written the Hallmark Channel movie, and it is one of the funniest things I think I have ever read, um, assuming that this person is right, but it's probably actually humorous. Nonetheless, the title is The Christmas on Christmas. In a small town snow globe refillery, we see a single mother refilling snow globes with Christmas juice. She is widow. Her husband died in every war. Single mother. I refill globes better than Jesus' claws, yet still my twins are dad-free. Why? They need double dad. Businessman enters the shop. He wears clothes that cost money. His hands are briefcases, and he's Hallmark hot. (laughs) Single mother. Hi, do your snow globes lack wet? Hurry, Christmas attack soon. 
businessman with flashback to when he was business boy. A Christmas tree explodes his family on purpose. He now hates trees and Christmas and explosions. He exits the flashback. Businessman, shut your sound. I am from huge city. I bought your land and I'm turning it into big resort. Single mother, rude behavior. This is a family business. I sell families. I am widow. My husband is now bones. <laughs> this is a computer algorithm coming up with a script for a Hallmark movie. <laughs> it ends with single mother admitting she cannot date because of a snow curse. And she prays to Santa to help her. Oh, my goodness gracious. Wow. Okay. This was a totally random segment with my venting about Christmas music as your answer to why I'm not playing it. Perhaps I should, but the instrumentals are garbage and I don't want to talk over the lyrics. And I certainly don't want someone to accidentally play Mariah Carey for Christmas. So, I've got some breaking news here. We've got an employment situation at WSB where there are some positions open in the evening now because the people in the control room just got fired for playing the song. (laughs) Boo! Oh, my gosh. Look, and they have the audacity to keep it played in the background as I continue. This is just, this is uncalled for. And they think they're funny. When they go home and tell their wives they've been fired and are on the unemployment line right before Christmas, I hope they have some Christmas shoes to console themselves with. (laughs) Have yourselves a merry little Christmas. When we come back, we're just going to start with your phone calls. It is 10 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson, and you know what? I think I'm just going to start with phone calls here this hour because we've got a lot of people who got put on hold during my Christmas song tirade, and I feel guilty. But before I do that, I do have to give you your feel-good story of the day, and it's local in Forsyth County. Uh, A group of people, uh, some anonymous, uh, led by State Senator-elect Greg Dozal and coming Mayor Troy Brumlow, they showed up at the Walmart, uh, the Walmarts in Forsyth County. There are three Walmart stores up there, and they paid off all the lo- layaway. Um, for all the people who had stuff on layaway for Christmas, they paid it all off. Uh, Tyler Perry started doing this a while back. Glenn Beck, over the weekend, he and his wife uh, spent 25000 something like that, dollars paying off layaway themselves in one Walmart. And uh, this, the the movement, Tyler Perry really started it. Uh, Glenn Beck amplified it over the weekend, and now it's happening around the country. And it is happening here in Forsyth County, uh, led by uh, State Senator-elect uh, Greg Dozal, who he doesn't want the credit for it, but I'm giving him the credit for it. And he is hoping that uh, some of you might do the same thing. Just go to a Walmart uh, go to the customer service desk and pay off somebody's layaway for Christmas. Surprise them. Uh, you don't need the credit for it. You just need to know you're doing good. Um, good for them. Now, the phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, we will check traffic with Doug Turnbull, and then we will start taking phone calls for the rest of this hour. So we are going to start with Andrew calling from Smyrna. Thanks for being patient, Andrew. Hey, Eric, no problem. Thanks for taking my call. Um, 
I usually listen to your show every night coming home from traffic. And uh, one thing that kind of triggered me, and I wanted to call in, you'd mentioned that if the government shutdown does occur, that there really would be no uh, Congress until January 3rd. And I'd be curious to see what your thoughts are on Congress taking vacation when the government shut down. So the way Congress is funded, um, the, the they don't really have vacation days per se. The Congress doesn't. Uh, the staffers certainly do. Uh, the staffers within Congress can take vacation days, but everything is kind of allotted around the congressional schedule. Next week is the last week Congress intends to stay in session. Uh, the way the law works is members of Congress are paid uh, for 365 days as members of Congress. And there's no vacation filing for them like you or I do in the private sector. So there's really no way to stop members of Congress from getting paid. And the same way that uh, the Constitution specifically prevents the Congress and the president from not paying judges in the federal court system, you can't really stop Congress from getting paid, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm not so worried about them not getting paid. Should they not do their job and say, hey, government needs us to be at work right now. Let's not go on vacation or let's not go home. Let's stay and get this fixed for well, the American I, people you know, that elected us to get here. I think if there was some level of government shutdown, they would stay and they would try to come to an impasse uh, or try to come to an agreement to break the impasse. Whether or not they could, I don't know that they could. And, and when you're looking at the holidays, we've got uh, Christmas and then we've got New Year's. And then a couple mm-hmm. days later, the new Congress starts And my suspicion is you may get to, like, Christmas Eve if there's a government shutdown and they're going to say, to heck with this. We only got seven more days. Some of us, they've all gotten beaten. Uh, We're just going to let the next Congress deal with it. So they all go home and just leave the government shut down the the week between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, Most government employees will be taking that time off anyway, cash and vacation days. So I, I think you may very well get to a situation where if it's Christmas Eve, they say, forget this. I'm going home for the holidays and they leave and don't come back. And led, uh, what's her name, Ocasio-Cortez or whatever, and Nancy Pelosi deal with the situation. By the way, can I just say as an aside, what's her name, the the Ocasio-Cortez or Cortez Ocasio, you know who I'm talking about from Brooklyn. There are way too many conservatives in whose head she is living rent-free. I mean, if she sneezes, someone writes something about her. Now, listen, I realize she says dumb things. She's a, a t- millennial from Brooklyn. She's going to say dumb things. But it seems like people obsess over every single thing she says, some things she's just wrong about, um, some things that there's an ideological divide on. And she's not going to be in leadership. She can't be president of the United States. So I don't know why people are obsessing over her as much as they are. If anything, it I think it certainly makes her look a little more relatable to a lot of people out there that everyone is obsessed with her. I would just stop obsessing about this person who really can't do anything except use your obsession with her to grow her own platform. Uh, Tim in Cartersville, you're next. Welcome. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call, Eric. Sure. Um, I was just calling. How come we never hear anything about uh, a balanced budget amendment from the Republicans? Uh, Back when Obama was in office, that seemed to be a real popular uh, hot topic. Because they're hypocrites uh, on the issue? I mean, sorry. they're hypocrites on the issue. They they when Democrats are in the White House, suddenly Republicans care about spending. And when Republicans are in the White House, suddenly Democrats care about spending. I don't think any of them really actually care about spending. The balanced budget amendment is something I think they should do with a provision that would require a supermajority raise taxes. Otherwise, that's what they would do is they just have a majority vote to raise taxes to balance the budget. 
Um, I, I favor the balanced budget amendment. I just don't think most of the Republicans in Congress who on the campaign trail say they favor it actually do or they would put it forward and you would at least put it up for a vote. They haven't done that because none of them are actually serious about the issue and they need to get serious about the issue. My buddy Chip Roy, he's been on the program several times, just got elected to Congress, uh, was with he was Ted Cruz's chief of staff. Worked for Rick Perry, uh, was the head of the 10th Amendment Center for the Texas Public Policy Foundation. Now he's Congressman-elect Roy. I guess i got to call him Congressman. Um, no, I'm never calling him Congressman. <laughs> uh, but he is trying to find a national debt clock to mount on the wall at his office. So everyone passing by has to see that the national debt continues to grow. I think he needs to. Um, this is a serious issue. It is becoming a national security issue. And Republicans really talk a good game, but they're as hypocritical on the issue as the Democrats. I am more and more concerned about cybersecurity and just the pilfering that companies can do. Did you read that New York Times story the other day? I think it came out yesterday about the tracking that companies are doing off your cell phones and stuff. It is ridiculous. You are being tracked online by social media sites, marketing companies, your mobile provider, your internet provider. Not only can they record your browsing history, they can often sell it to other companies who want to profit from your information. Read the New York Times. That's why you need to take back your privacy by using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. ExpressVPN secures and makes your internet browsing anonymous by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. That anonymity ensures your privacy, and protecting yourself with ExpressVPN costs less than $7 a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar, and it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you want to be avoid tracking online, you need ExpressVPN. So protect your privacy today. Find out how. You can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Go to expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It's 25 after the hour. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let's go to the phones. Jerry Monroe, you're next. Welcome. Hey, Jerry. Yeah, uh, Eric, I, I've heard your comment about uh, Mexico won't pay for the wall. Uh, if our government would impose a 15% tax on individual 1099s there'd be more money we certainly wouldn't be going in the red as far as the national debt if i work with people every day in the construction industry on friday they get their paycheck there's no taxes held out or nothing and yeah, the, the independent contractors, for, for those who don't know what Jerry is talking about, uh, independent contractors get a 1099 instead of a W-2, uh, and it is, I forget what the tax rate is now, I think it is 15% actually on 1099s, uh, by and large. Is that right? I can't remember. Independent, uh, no, 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 it, 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 it's, it's, anyway, complicated, um, but a 1099, I personally am in favor of a flat tax across the board, 15%. 
um, impose 15% on everything and set it for like 200% above poverty. So even people who are making um, the lower middle class are paying the same 15% that the person who's making $2 billion a year is is earning. And you know what? Guess what? The person who makes $2 billion a year, well, 15% of that is a whole lot more than 15% of $50,000. So the rich are still paying more, although it confuses the left when you point this out. Uh, But I think the tax code in this country is such a bureaucratic nightmare, it actually suppresses a several percent of growth in this country because of the amount of money you've got to expend on compliance with the tax code, whether you're a small business or a large business or even an individual. You shouldn't have to hire an accountant to comply with the tax code. My, my rule of thumb is that if Congress creates a whole new industry through regulation and law, it's probably a bad regulation or law. And essentially, that's what they've done with the tax code. I think we need to blow it up and start over with a very simple flat tax. More on this in your calls when we come back. It is 40 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let's go back to the phones. David from Buckhead, welcome. Thank you. Our good friend Herman Cain almost became president by plagiarizing the fair tax. Whatever happened to that? That's an idea that's already been proofread. Several drafts have been made. All the fossils in Congress know about it. Well, and that would be the problem you know, solver of the whole thing. The the problem, I, I think, honestly, is that uh, Neil Bortz left the air, as did Herman. John Linder left Congress, and there was never a, a huge support for it in Congress. The uh, bulk of the the intellectual firepower on the on the right was focused on a flat tax, not a fair tax. The flat tax being a, a flat income tax as opposed to essentially a national sales tax. Uh, just it, it never went anywhere with the leadership in Congress. It never went anywhere with uh, Republican candidates uh, outside of folks like Herman and Mike Huckabee and others. And one of the main reasons is because of the necessity really of repealing the income tax amendment to the Constitution um, now, the way the fair tax language was structured is it wouldn't go into effect until that repeal. You didn't want to have the fair tax and an income tax, but no one thinks the repeal of the income tax was really viable, which is why there was so much focus instead on the flat tax in Congress. Uh, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of the flat tax. Wesley in Decula, welcome. Yes, hi, Eric. I appreciate you taking my call. Sure. I had a comment in regards to money for the wall, and I've never heard anybody propose this, and the question is, is it possible? I'm a contractor in the Atlanta area, and uh, basically uh, all residential and a lot of even commercial construction is by undocumented workers. Some of them stayed past their visas. Some of them paid the cartels to come over here. But why not give some slack, Mr. Trump, on his policy and give these people a work visa charge them the 2000 a year for the visa, but also give them a $15,000 fine to be paid off over the next five or 10 years. They would love the president. They would vote for him. Their children would vote for him. But, uh, you know, give them no citizenship, no amnesty. Just give them a work visa and let well, them work. And you know, Wesley, I, I'm, I'm glad you raised this because I encounter so many people who tell me 
uh, who are who came here as illegal aliens, and they don't actually want to become American citizens. They're working to send money home. They just want to be able to exactly. stay and work. And, you know, up until Lyndon Johnson was president, there actually was a work visa program for migrant workers from Central and South America, specifically for people from Central and South America, to work in the United States and send money home. And it was labor unions that killed it. Uh, labor unions scuttled that piece of legislation and we've never brought it back and I think we should there are a lot of uh, people from Central and South America who just want to come here and work and send money home and frankly they're not doing jobs Americans would do because Americans won't do them at that price point Uh, so let them come work and then send money home and they go home they don't stay they don't want to vote they don't want to be citizens they just want a job Uh, I say give it to them now okay now we will move on to a few other quick topics. Um, one is Mika Brzezinski. Y'all, it, so Joe Scarborough, you should know, is is a longtime friend of mine. I, I knew Joe going back to when he was in Congress. Um, I've been on his show. Uh, Mika, obviously, Joe, too, is to the left of me. Both of them are Mika very much to the left. And yesterday, she, I actually, I can't believe she said it on air, what she said about Mike Pompeo. And she apologized. And the people have come out and said, she didn't really apologize. No, actually, she did. On social media, she she actually did make an apology to Mike uh, Pompeo and everyone else. She offended that she shouldn't have said it. And, I, you know, I'm really tired of people being unwilling to accept an apology. And I hear people all the time, I've got friends of mine, good friends of mine who say, well, we got to play by the left's rules. We've got to hold them to the left. Hold them to the rules. Um, you know, I'm not a leftist, and so I'm not going to uh, use their rules because I'm, I'm not one of them. I'm going to play by my own rules, and my rules include the concept of grace. When someone apologizes, uh, you accept their apology, and you move on. And she apologized, and we should move on. And it was a dumb story to begin with anyway. Should she have said it? No. Not on a national TV show like that. No, she shouldn't have said it. But really, um, you want to you collect this scalp? Uh, no, she, she's – no. She apologized. There's no – it was a dumb story to try to make a big deal. I mean the Kevin Hart one was a stupid one to make a big deal of. All of these are stupid stories of people just trying to collect scalps on the outrage machine. Perhaps we need to move beyond scalp collecting in the outrage machine. It is 54 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I guess you can't call in, though, now because there are only like two minutes left. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I, I, I've, I've got to share this one with you. Did y'all hear about the Santa Claus at the party? CNN has the story that some guy dressed up as Santa at a party. Uh, got parents really outraged because, he... <laughs> oh my gosh, he he ripped off the beard, the fake beard and mustache to reveal he wasn't really Santa when the fire alarm went off and started yelling at the kids to get the blankety blank out. <laughs> ho, 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 get the blankety blank out. <laughs> 
for a fire alarm going off. I, I really, I, I thought it was a comedy skit when I first saw the story, but it's a really big deal. I mean, it's like one of the, you got Michael Cohen revealing this stuff today, and yet this is one of the major stories on CNN.com right now is this this guy dressed up as Santa, uh, ripping off the, the facade to reveal he's not the real Santa and then cussing out the kids, telling them to get out of the building. He was doing a public service, though. Apparently there was a fire. Uh, if I read the story right. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, you can't make some of these things up, that guy. Now, on a serious note, if you know anyone who is a member of the National Association of Evangelicals, which is a group that does credentialing for colleges, universities, uh, they've done something I'm deeply, deeply, deeply disturbed with. They're essentially calling for... Um, for uh, sexual orientation and gender identity to be put into federal non-discrimination law in exchange for uh, federal protections on religious groups and uh, not having to uh, hire people based on because of sexual orientation or gender identity. Uh, what they're doing is essentially they're throwing under the bus uh, any Christian other than their Christian-based colleges and universities so long as they are affiliated with a denomination. So for if you have a, a Christian charitable group or a Christian uh, school that's not particularly tied to an individual church or denomination, then they would probably be out of luck with this uh, legislation that the National Association of Evangelicals is backing. They are negotiating from a position of fear— They think that uh, bad things are coming and they're trying to carve out protections for themselves. Y'all, bad things are coming and you're not going to be able to carve out protections. There's no reason to surrender on this. And I'm afraid the National Association of Evangelicals is beginning to surrender uh, on the cultural fights ahead. And they're doing so by throwing under the bus the uh, small business owners who are Christians like Jack Phillips and others. And it's sad to see. So pay attention to this issue.